Hey everybody, and welcome once again to Subs Live Dubs Live, a comprehensive anime podcast. It's your boy Jay, aka Versace Vegeta, and I'm here with my co-host, none other than that boy D. What's going on, bro? Yo, what's going on, Jay? What's going on, people? Yo, it's Subs Live Dubs Live. We are here yet again. Another, another week. Can you believe it? Of course you could. That's right, man. We're back with just more of that good, good news, man. Just going about so many different topics as we cover through the show. Uh, we do want to thank everybody who listened to last week with our uh, part one of Legacy of Goku. We know it was definitely the longest uh, journey that we've had through any sort of topic here on Subslide Dubslide in <laughs> yeah. total. So uh, we've had a lot of good feedback from it, though. A lot of people really told us that they loved us going through Goku's life between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So for that, we're really appreciative. Yeah, shout out to y'all, man. Shout out to y'all. That I, I, I love, man, listen. I am not above being told you did that shit. <laughs> so if you ever want to share whatever breakthrough you got from listening, feel free. You know what I'm saying? Feel free. For sure. Listen, whether you loved it, whether you didn't love it so much, like anything that uh, you feel about the show is just enough for us to want to keep going and make sure that we got something that uh, not only entertain you, but uh, teach you a thing or two. So before we get into this week, D, let me know, dog. How's the past week been for you? Man, this week was a up and down week for me. First, it was going great. I'm saying, same old, same old. Then, boom, I did the unthinkable. I decided, hey, let me go ahead and get some grub to eat from outside. First thing I did ever, that thing gave me food poison. I don't know what, whether it was a pizza slice or whatever. Man, that's that joint had me puking up the storm. That, oh I was, God, I was bro. going through it. <laughs> I was going through it. I was battling, but so sorry to hear that, dog. It's it's all good because I won the battle. As you can see, I am here. We back, and I'm back like I ain't I ain't, I ain't never dealt with it. So that's always great. But other than that little setback, um, shoot, I was. Watching some old school anime. Uh-huh. Um, I was watching the Division of Escaphone. That that again. That shit is still good to this day. Oh, man, that Escaphone, man. That I remember when they showed that back on Fox Kids back in the day, bro, bro. That shit is still good to this day. No if you doubt. Watched it. Please go ahead and watch it. It only has twenty six episodes. You don't even gotta watch all of it. Just watch some. Promise you're gonna enjoy it. It got a bit of every every genre in the, in the, in the anime, which is amazing. Uh, I also was watching Gungrave. That another Ooh, old school throwback. That shit hit. I, I I almost forgot like how how like how gory it gets. Like it took me back from it. I was That's like, oh. They really dumping. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I was like, damn, I, I'm not that I'm not used to much like that. But then I gotta remember time, different time, different time. But I also also did go ahead and re 
read the uh, Dragon Ball Super manga chapter, the latest one. Okay. That, it's I don't it's so enjoyable to me, man. <laughs> like once again, like I I feel like I don't praise the manga much because people know me for like if you ever followed me for months on months, like I was very critical of the super manga and I had every right to be. I'm not gonna go into details about that, but yeah. But this time around, it cooking. <laughs> they cooking. Yeah, I ain't got no complaints, man. Like go ahead. We as far as my entertainment for my my form of entertainment goes, it's pleasing me. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm I am being entertained. But Toyota's been you? under that right guidance for Toriyama, man, because uh, they've been yeah. in their bag these past few chapters for sure. God bless Toriyama, because if it wasn't for him, I doubt I'd be reading the manga. <laughs> being very honest, yo, we treat that boy Toriyama. We we treat that boy like Toyotaro. You know, I'm not even gonna mention his name because we already had a season of digging down his grave, and I'm gonna leave that boy alone. I'm gonna leave Broly Boy alone. I am gonna call his name. I, I think I stressed his name out a little bit too much. My brother Jay, how is your week, man? Man, it's a uh, it's it's actually been a pretty wild week. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I had a bit of a health scare earlier this week. Uh, definitely, uh, everybody like. If uh, if your if you, if your body is giving you signs that uh, you know you're taking things a little too too rough, listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, I take some medications myself, uh, and one of them was just giving me like an increased heart rate uh, throughout the week. And uh, not to go into too much detail, but like it was it was scaring your boy for a little bit, man. So I had to talk to my doctor, get off some medications, and uh just like sort of take things easy uh throughout the week so uh you know really glad that i'm able to to be here right now and uh record everything here right not that it's a that serious but it was uh it was at least keeping me from doing my work uh, throughout the week so it was uh it's pretty stressful to deal with but i'm taking it easy um making sure i uh you know don't keep myself stressed or anything like that um and if you know if anybody out there is uh ever in situations where they feel like you know their health is keeping them from being able to commit to any sort of task like hey listen to your health first that's all i can say right Please do. yeah uh but uh other than that while i have been uh sort of resting here at home throughout the week uh i played the last of us part 1 Oh, wow. um, I've been really a, a big fan of the show these past few episodes. And um, if there's anything that anyone knows about me and my uh, gaming history is that I have a huge backlog, like just an infinitesimal backlog. Like they, I have more games that I haven't played than games that I have played. Uh, so because uh, season one of the series on HBO Max it's gotten me so interested in the story from like a, a visual storytelling standpoint. I decided I wanted to, to play the game and uh, I got the PS5 remake played all the way through it. It's really short. I didn't realize how short of a yeah, really playthrough it is. But at the same time, like if they're going to base one season of television off of it, it can't be too long. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed the story, Re- really liked it. And I'm looking forward to playing part two so that way I can build my own opinion on it because I do remember the 
entire uh, fiasco <laughs> around the, the leaks and like people sort of going off on the game. But yeah. that said, been really deep into that. Been deep into Monster. Um, been watching that the past few days. Really, really enjoyed that. And uh, I've watched Perfect Blue recently as well. Ooh. I haven't watched it since I was in like middle school. Like I remember someone putting that movie on for like an anime club and I was like, this is weird. Like, this is really weird. Like, you know, because that's me at 13, 14 seeing it. Uh, and now at like 34 seeing it, I'm like, oh no, this is, first off, it's a really great story uh, just in terms of what it's telling. Secondly, like, God damn, there's so many movies ripped that movie. Yeah. <laughs> of so many movies ripped off Perfect Blue. It's insane. Like once you watch it, you'll see it yourself but uh really great thriller suspenseful uh mind-boggling anime film by satoshi Kon. and but, god bless that house for that yeah man wow yeah for real like wild to look back and think like yo that's where they really like got their start with stuff like that you know but uh before i go on and wax poetically about anime as a whole We've got the life, the legacy of Goku to continue, my man. Oh, yeah. You know, last week, we were able to go over Goku's life throughout Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And that entire youth era through just him becoming a father and really growing to testing his limits and gaining his rivalry with Vegeta. Like that entire core of his life is what so many fans have come to really recognize him with. Right. But now we're in a whole new era where there's young fans that have a whole new page of his life that they've been able to grow up with for the past 10 years now. Man, they, they not even hyping up Super Saiyan 3 no more, man. I remember back when I was young, Super Saiyan 3 and Super Saiyan 4 was that dog talk about. People talking about all four different kinds of forms besides that. I'm like, damn, we are getting old. Because uh, there's certain stuff that I was popping for. Y'all even, y'all pushed it to the side. Y'all like, whatever. But you know what? Sign of the times. It really is. Like, I remember being younger, seeing Goku go Super Saiyan 2 to fight against Prince of Darkness Vegeta. And it's just like, what a clash. Oh, my God. It just looks so awesome. And now I get that same feeling seeing Super Saiyan Blue Kaioken or, like, Ultra Instinct. You know what I mean? It's it's wild. Even for myself, 20 years later, I uh, it, it's, it's just a whole different era that I have to enjoy with the scale of how he's grown. But with all before we go too too far into all that, um, today we will have the Legacy of Goku Part Two, where we will be covering Goku's life through Dragon Ball Super and then through Dragon Ball GT in chronological order. So join back with us right after the break as we get right into the rest of the Legacy of Goku. It would appear that we have a new reason for hope, Lord Beerus. I can feel it. Not the chaos of consciousness, but the elegant purity of energy operating on impulse alone. 
Goku is focused only on Jiren now, or rather on the battle itself. He is throwing his whole body and soul into the fleeting moment of each strike, allowing the flames of his power to rage freely, unrestrained by the walls of thought. Concerns for his universe, or the gap in their powers, his hesitation, his impatience, his fear. He has given them all to the fire and let them burn. So that now there is only himself, his opponent, and the fight. Soon he will reach a realm still faster, keener, and deeper than instinct, where even that awareness will blur and fade. And beyond that... So to begin with this next chapter in Goku's life, we have to go to four years after the defeat of Majin Buu, where it's a peaceful era, everybody's been chilling, like we said last time. Goku and everyone had wished away Earth's memories of the damage that Majin Buu had done to the planet. So for all they know, Majin Buu is just Mr. Satan's best friend. Yeah. During this period of time, our man Goku, he's going back to his old roots, right? And he's farming on the land, right? He's out there raising Goten with Chi-Chi. And along the way, they're starting to run out of money. Because, I mean, let's be real. This man, Goku, hasn't been in a tournament since five years before Dragon Ball Z, right? If you want to call it a tournament, <laughs> that'd be the last battle. I mean, at the very least... He was a prize winner, right? And you have to assume that they at least broke yeah. him off a little something. Yeah, but look who look look who's the head of the household. <laughs> that that uh, you you would think that money you think that money lasting that long five yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that was five years before Z. I mean, now we're talking mm-hmm. a whole good like fifteen some odd years later, right? So mm-hmm. definitely gotta imagine. Go maybe Gohan's been fronting on some of the bills, right? Like you know, my man's a scholar now, but uh, the the Sun family ain't exactly you know living lavish, right? So after a while, Chi Chi tells Goku, "Listen, man, look, uh, why don't you go hit up Mister Satan? Because with with the help that you." that he gave you to defeat Boo, right? Like, he should kind of, you know, give you a little something. And so Goku's like, all right, I'll go holler at him. They get into a little bit of an adventure, and eventually uh, Hercule does give Goku and his family a million, 100 million zenny, which Goku declines. Now, I don't know why he would do that. Uh, He's a tweaker. This man clearly <laughs> doesn't know how much money that is, how rich they would be. None of that, right? Um, yeah. Weirdo. <laughs> eventually, it comes to a point where he says, hey, give it to Vegeta. But Mr. Satan's like, bruh, like, they're way richer than Bro, you. Like, they're richer than me. They're richer than me. <laughs> no. It's bread, bro. So Damn. Goten being the, the man of the family, I'm guessing, uh, reminds Goku, hey, man, listen, if you give mom the money, you can just go off and train and, and she'll be good. So based on that recommendation from uh, Goten, Goku accepts the offer and then takes the money to Chi-Chi and after that begins to go train on King Kai's planet. King Kai's planet. 
I hear you asking. And that is very interesting because the last time we left you, King Kai didn't have a planet. That shit was blown up. That's right. <laughs> but I have an answer for that you. That shit was nasty. See, sometime during those four years between uh, Majin Buu's destruction and now, King Kai got his planet wished back by Goku. Purunga got summoned basically by the help of Grand Elder Mori on planet New Namek. And King Kai was saying, hey, yo, so I would really like to have my planet back, but I want it bigger, less gravity. I want a racetrack. I, I want, you know, I, I'm a god. I, I, I want a bit of an upgrade. Goku interrupts him and says, hey, could you bring back King Kai's planet the way it was? Yo, Goku, you ain't shit for that, brother. King Kai was pretty <laughs> but- pissed. Me too, man. Like, yo, you blew up my planet. How the heck you gonna tell me? Yo, well, yeah, no upgrades exactly. for you, buddy. You'll get this back. <laughs> I mean, he got his life wow. back, you know what I'm saying? He got his planet back. But during that point in time, during those four years, that's where my man Goku decided to go back home and start becoming a farmer, right? So now he's back on King Kai's planet, right? And He's telling, you know, King Kai, hey, man, you know, I want to train here because it's 10 times stronger than, you know, and the gravity and everything. I really want to just get back to, to my old ways. I've been kind of slacking, right? Well, Goku begins to train on the planet. And eventually one day, King Kai gets a call with the old Kai and Kibito Kai to keep Goku away from the god of destruction, Beerus, who's just been awoken from his slumber after the past 40 years. While King Kai's having this conversation, Goku gets distracted, and he's like, I hear him talking about something, but I'm not quite sure, right? Goku gets told, hey, listen, uh, this guy is a god. He's way stronger than anyone he's ever fought. Like, keep him away from Goku. So Goku eventually, while trying to overhear this conversation, remembers that uh, he's missing Bulma's birthday party and that Bulma might flip out if he doesn't show back up, right? So King Kai goes, hey, why don't you go to Bulma's birthday party, man? Uh, you know, really should just uh, go handle all that. We don't need you here. Goku's like, uh, no, bro. Uh, I'm in the middle of training here, right? So King Kai is kind of scrambling around because he's gotten message that the God of Destruction Beerus and his attendant Whis are on their way to his planet. Goku gets pushed into King Kai's house and is told, hey, yo, you need to hide here. Don't do nothing crazy. Uh, just chill here. Goku being the... Goku that he is uh, decides yeah. that he wants to peek outside and kind of look around. But, you know, he notices that there's this, like, purple cat god and this, like, really tall blue guy standing outside with him. So he walks outside and immediately Beerus, the god of destruction, asks Goku, 
Has he heard of the Super Saiyan God? Goku says he never has, which disappoints Beerus, and he asks him if he was the one who defeated Frieza, which Goku says, yes, he did, as a Super Saiyan. Goku gets his power examined shortly, and Beerus says he couldn't have beaten Frieza unless he transformed, which makes Goku a little curious, and he asks if he... Then he asked Beerus if he would like Boy. to have a battle with him. Beerus kind of looks at him like a battle. <laughs> I mean, I guess. And he immediately accepts. Goku goes into Super Saiyan and charges at Beerus in basically n- nothing. Beerus just puts him down. Goku goes Super Saiyan 2, charges at Beerus, nothing. Gets put down. Goku goes Super Saiyan 3, goes full force at Beerus. Nothing gets put down. Not only does he get put down, he gets put down with like the flick of Beerus's finger, crashing into the ground. Smoked. Boy got smoked. He, he thought he was that guy. Poor Goku. He really thought he had a chance. Wrong. <laughs> Beerus says, "Uh, yeah, clearly you're not the Super Saiyan God. I know there's some other Saiyans on Earth." So uh, I'm gonna go head over there, and if I can't fight, find the uh, Super Saiyan God on Earth, I'm just gonna destroy it. Pieces out. So at this point, Goku's left almost dejected on the ground, right? Like he's like he's wowed at the sense that he's been beaten so quickly, but he doesn't know what it's gonna take to be able to fight evenly with Beerus. So he gets a sensu bean and he just kind of questions what he should do. And eventually he comes to the conclusion that he should summon Shinron uh, to ask him if he knows of the Super Saiyan God. So Goku goes back to Earth after Beerus has basically just whooped all of the Z Warriors. <laughs> like, just, has just like slapped them all around, right? Even to a point to where like, Vegeta goes as powerful as he possibly can in Super Saiyan 2 and gets like a slight scratch on Beerus, but still just gets swatted away. He gets smoked. Right. It's just bad. (laughs) And whenever Goku gets to Earth and summons Shinron, he asks him, um, how would we meet the Super Saiyan God? And Shinron basically says that he has to go through a procedure that requires there to be six Saiyans of righteousness to create one by channeling all the powers into one Saiyan, right? So Goku, along with Vegeta, Goten, Trunks, and Gohan try to channel all their powers into Goku, but it only makes him a bit stronger. Whis, Beerus' attendant, winds up saying that they need six religious Saiyans, and Fidel steps up saying that she's pregnant with Gohan's child, Pan. So after they get the congratulations, they all power up together and Goku is transformed into a Super Saiyan God after combining all the six Saiyans powers. After this happens, Beerus and Goku fly into the sky and just go onto a clash, like an an epic test of power to see how Goku can hang with Beerus, who is a god of destruction, right? Goku launches a Kamehameha. Beerus kind of just deflects it, 
blasted off into the sky. Uh, I mean, there's just like a, a whole lot of like clashes and different showings of power here. But eventually it gets to a point to where Goku is sort of like telling, you know, Beerus like, hey, like, I'm really glad that I can keep up with you. But this just doesn't feel like it's enough for me because I want to be able to reach this level of power on my own. Right. Poor Goku. <laughs> yeah. Not, sad, not satisfied at all. You know what? I got a new form. I'm I'm here. I'm doing things. Eh, it's not really my power, though. <laughs> and really, no, that, that stands to the testament of how, who Goku is, right? Like, he's he's really just all about reaching a level of power on his own. But at the end of the day, right, whether he reached it alone or not, Goku did reach the power of a god here, right? Yeah. And eventually throughout the power, uh, the the comp- the clash of power between Beerus and Goku, Goku's power sort of dissipates and he goes just back into his regular Super Saiyan form. But he's still able to clash on an even plane with Beerus when they realize that Goku's po- body has basically just absorbed the key um, as a god and hasn't really um, lost the ability to be a super saiyan god right so this gets to a point to where they fly out into space beerus tests goku's power one more time by launching a huge blast at him goku throws a kamehameha at him it's it's looking like he's gonna fail goku winds up reaching that god key one more time and just blasts that blast away as beerus then sort of threatens to destroy the earth one more time, but says, you know what? You gave me a nice little challenge. I think you're you're a tough kid. Why don't we fight one more time sometime, right? Goku realizes, like, you know, he's barely even reached any sort of pinnacle of reaching Beerus' strength, as Beerus tells him that he's only the second strongest fighter that he's ever fought. Goku, Goku asks him who the first was, and he points to his attendant, Whis, who we find out is an angel amongst the gods of destruction within the universe, where Beerus then also goes on to tell Goku that their universe is one of only 12 in the multiverse. I remember hearing that and just thinking like, whoa. Uh, okay, so Dragon Ball is really back back now yeah there was no question like this was one this was revealed i was like oh well you really can't you really can't go away from this it's not a one time thing forever we we back yeah no matter what you want to say we're back how are they gonna do it don't know or we're back <laughs> well the plan continued as they decided to go even further into the story with a new arc called the Golden Frieza Saga, also known as Resurrection Frieza. At this point, after Battle of Gods, Goku goes on to train with Vegeta on Whis and Beerus's planet, where Goku meets up after Vegeta's been training there for about six months, right? It gets to a point to where Whis sorts of gives them menial tasks like doing housework around the planet, having to change Beerus's sheets, 
little goofy stuff like this, but it's all so that way they can match with Beerus and Weiss's intense speed and learn how to sort of calmly use that god key while they do battle. Because this is now about a year or two of after um, Battle of Gods, and at this point, you know, Goku and Vegeta, having trained on that planet, have gotten much stronger themselves. Somewhere along the way, while they are training on Beerus's planet, Vegeta is revived by the Dragon Balls on Earth. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I fumbled. I absolutely meant to say Frieza. Frieza was revived by the Dragon Balls, not Vegeta. Vegeta was on Beerus's planet with Goku. Y'all knew that. I knew that. Back to the show. Goku winds up sensing this from Beerus's planet, but he doesn't know whose key it is. And Vegeta, while they're training, basically tells him, hey, ignore that. That it, It's just some key down there, bro. Like It's got nothing to do with us, right? Eventually, they are told to stop their training while um, they're training against each other after they get a message from Whis saying that Bulma has reached out to Whis saying that Frieza is basically wreaking havoc on the Earth and that they need to come back to Earth in order uh, to stop Frieza from destroying them, right? So Goku decides to use instant transmission after Gohan fully uh, transforms into a Super Saiyan in order to direct Goku's uh, instant transmission on his key. And they go back to Earth in order to fight against Frieza uh, directly themselves. Goku starts off against... Uh, Frieza in just his base form while Frieza's in his final form. They wind up getting to a pretty close back and forth battle, but it's pretty clear that Goku's kind of just hiding his power to see how tough Frieza's gotten because we find out that Frieza has just trained for the first time in his life after being revived for four months. First time training is ridiculous, bro. Absolutely (laughs) insane, right? All that, all that terror he was causing. And you mean to tell me that was just off of natural strength? That, that's kind of scary. That's just man. based on my man. <laughs> a prodigy, dog. Absolutely insane. That all being said, Whew. they reach a point where they decide they want to reveal their true powers to each other, and Goku unleashes his new power, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, also known as Super Saiyan Blue which is the power of a Super Saiyan God transforming into a Super Saiyan. I know it's confusing. Go on YouTube, watch a video of him transforming, watch any piece of Dragon Ball media of him transforming into it, and I promise you'll get it immediately. That being said, (laughs) Goku winds up uh, telling Frieza that he needs to use his true power, and Frieza transforms into Golden Frieza. They wind up fighting back and forth, with Frieza getting the upper hand a few times after doing a few tricks and just using some brute strength to sort of get some lucky blows on Goku. During the battle, Beerus and Whis arrive on the planet and Frieza sort of freaks out as he's like, uh, what the hell is the God of Destruction doing here? What is going on? Uh, Beerus sort of says, hey, listen, I'm just a spectator. Don't worry about me. I'm just here to watch. Uh, So they go right back into the fight where um, Goku winds up just sort of taking Frieza's blows one by one, not really taking him too serious, 
But eventually it gets to a point to where Goku is just letting Frieza drain his power because he explains that Frieza's weakness was immediately revealed to them the moment they started fighting. It was so clear that he came to Earth as soon as he unlocked his golden form. So he's just burning out stamina as quickly as he possibly could. Frieza kind of freaks out when Goku's read him. And this leads to one of Frieza's attendees, Sorbet, blasting him with a basically a death beam from a laser right through the chest, sort of knocking uh, Goku to the ground. This causes Vegeta to have to step in and goes immediately into Super Saiyan Blue, sort of revealing that he's reached this level of power on his own to fight Frieza against himself. It sort of looks like Frieza's getting his revenge. We've talked about this before. Was not exactly <laughs> the most happiest of moment of myself in my <laughs> life, but I digress. We're talking about the lo- Goku's legacy, not my own. So um, it leads to a point where basically Frieza is destroyed the planet and uh, Whis is able to um, escape with Goku and Beerus sort of saying like, hey, look, um, you guys should have taken Frieza seriously, but I'm going to offer this one temporal do-over to turn back time to right before this incident happened so that way you can stop Frieza from destroying the planet. Goku goes Super Saiyan Blue the moment they get right back to that moment, dashes in with the Kamehameha and kills Frieza. Of course, Vegeta sort of takes you know differently to Goku stealing his kill but Goku says like hey man listen I didn't have any choice and everybody who survived like Bulma and uh Whis and Beerus sort of explained to Vegeta what happened everything's peaceful everything's all good until you know our man Goku decides he's a little bit bored and what does Goku <laughs> like to do when he's bored he likes to look for opponents sometimes the opponents just don't want to look for him, right? So about a year or so later, Goku's sparring with Vegeta on Beerus' planet, and they get to a fight on even terms while in their Super Saiyan blue forms. Uh, This gets to a point to where, you know, they're just training and sort of trying to push each other to each other's limits, and they just can't break past that sort of barrier, right? Eventually, the twin of Beerus, the god of destruction, Champa from Universe 6, and his attendant, Vados, the twin sister of Whis, show up on Beerus's planet. Goku notices how much uh, Beerus and Whis look like Vados and Champa, and they're eventually told that these are their twins from Universe 6, which has its own Earth that had been wiped out by war by the Earthlings. Goku gets really excited and then asks if they have strong fighters from their universe, which leads to Champa challenging Beerus to a five-on-five tournament between Universe 6 and Universe 7. Goku's then told that he has to gain an entire team to join him in the tournament within five Earth dates, so he goes back to Earth and selects Piccolo and Boo. Beerus then says that he wants to have the strongest fighter that he's ever faced, who's not Whis, joined their team. And this gets Goku excited as he's now going to have a new member of his team uh, join in that he's never met before. Along the journey of Goku getting his team, we find out that the prize for this tournament will be the Super Dragon Balls, which are Dragon Balls that are the size of planets. 
that are able to summon a super dragon that basically is a dragon that is over all the universes. So imagine if you had the Namekian Dragon Balls that like give you three wishes. You've also got these huge Dragon Balls that are just out in space. So huge. Like I said, they take the size of planets. And the Super Dragon Balls basically can grant any wish. Like anything. Any friggin' thing. Anything. Like you know how Purunga and... Um, Shenlong, they have limits. Arman Zalama, no limits. No limits. And and this is gonna <laughs> this will be very important Man. later on. Yes. That said, um, <laughs> Goku decides that he's going to then train with Vegeta in the hyperbolic time chamber um, during these five days, so that way they can get ready for their fight against. The, uh, the Warriors from Universe 6. And on the day of the tournament, Goku and Vegeta finish their training and emerge out of the time chamber with beards. It's the, the wildest sight to behold, but that's what happens. My man's was really in there grinding. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, they decide to transport to the Nameless Planet after getting a quick shave, and they approach Shin and Kabito, who now appear separately as opposed to when they had been fused before. They were about to explain why they were separate, but at this point, the Universe 6 Supreme Kai and his attendant appear uh, with the members of Universe 6's team. Goku recognizes a familiar face on the team, which Vegeta exclaims is Frieza, though they realize it's not quite him. They also notice a team member named Mageta, who's not human, before a team member named Kaba approaches Goku and Vegeta. They recognize that Kaba looks a little familiar, and Kaba explains that he is a Saiyan. This kind of surprises Vegeta and Goku, which gets Goku to then asking, hey, well, where's your tail? Which Kaba explains that their race had tails long ago, but lost them due to their own uh, different evolutionary course. It's pretty interesting. We find out that the Saiyans on planet Sadala in Universe 6 are heroes of justice instead of them being warriors like the Saiyans in Universe 7. So just a pretty interesting tidbit that you'll want to remember for later down the line. That said, the tournament starts with a entrance exam which Goku barely passes and winds up <laughs> in his first match against a huge yellow member of Universe 6's team named Batamo. Um, Goku winds up winning that match pretty quickly and then eventually has to face off against the next member of the team, which is Frost, a member who looks just like Frieza. Frost fights, starts off the fight and Goku immediately asks him to transform because he knows that Frost is hiding his true power. Frost asks him how he knows that he can transform, and Goku says that he's fought against someone just like him before, which causes Frost to then go into his third form. Goku says that Frost must be trying to test his power, though Frost denies it, because Goku says that he's seeing Frost in a form that he's never seen before, but knows that he should have a final form. This causes Frost to then ask Goku, after transforming into his final form, if he had been able to defeat the person who Goku had seen in those forms, which Goku does not respond with. 
Goku transforms into a Super Saiyan. However, he completely outclasses Frost, <laughs> thinking that Frost would be able to handle him in his Super Saiyan form. But no, uh, Frost just wasn't uh, built like Frieza at all. Um, Frost then starts to use a trick with um, a, a ring that he has um, on his finger and causes it to glow, which knocks out Goku dizzy and unable to fight further. He then tells Piccolo that he wouldn't be a match for him, but he would be able to get in a little bit of damage for Vegeta. After it's revealed that Frost cheated in his match, Beerus locates a wound on Goku's hand from Frost's poison, which allows Goku to be able to compete again due to the rules. Beerus then insists that his uh, entrant for Team Universe 7, Monaka, will go last after Goku will then then Goku will go after Vegeta. Vegeta goes up against Hit and then loses, Hit being an assassin from Team Universe 6. Goku winds up fighting against Hit in the tournament. So during Goku's fight with Hit, we find out that Hit has abilities such as time skip, which allow him to skip time and then hit someone after time's been skipped. Basically, think of um, King Crimson. Basically, think of King Crimson from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? Um, Hit's able to take moments in time that happen, skip them, and then basically he removes part of the cause and effect chain into where there's just cause, then effect immediately, right? It's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, it's it's just as convoluted as King Crimson. Yes, (laughs) it is. Goku goes Super Saiyan Blue, and they realize that time skip is useless against Super Saiyan Blue. How? I have no idea. This causes Goku to then use Kaioken with Super Saiyan Blue with the explanation that if he had used Kaioken with any other Super Saiyan form previously, it would have been too much stress on his body, and it would have likely killed him. However, he would only be able to survive at a 10% chance of using Kaioken with Super Saiyan Blue. Goku succeeds, and then this allows him to fire a Kamehameha wave at Hit. However, Hit survives the blast, and this allows him to continue. Goku fires a Kamehameha wave at Hit, leading to Hit surviving. However, the fight continues. This leads to them surviving with several blows against each other, where Goku then gets knocked out of the ring by Hit, promising that they will fight once again. Hit is declared the winner of this match, which leads Beerus's champion, Monaka, to have to step in to the match. Some WWE shit going on here. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous as Monaka is basically just Beerus in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> causing Hit to sort of forfeit the match because he gets deliberately knocked out of the ring and it's declared that Universe 7 is the winner of the tournament. Goku then meets the god of all gods, Zeno, who appears and basically says that he would be interested in organizing another tournament with all of the universes to be involved one day. Goku and Zeno shake hands and... He basically tell uh, Beerus and Champa basically sort of sigh in relief as Zeno walks away as they tell Goku 
listen, man, uh, watch out with that guy. He could wipe out all of the universes if you want to. This leads to Beerus using the Super Dragon Balls to then make his wish to have Earth brought back for Universe 6. And from that point, Goku basically challenges Hit to be his rival and for them to be able to fight against each other one day again. Goku and the the Z fighters go on like a few different like sort of slight adventures, nothing too major. They wind up coming across a copy Vegeta, like just all kinds of goofy stuff happens throughout Dragon Ball Super, man. Kaka. Leave it like that, man. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing special. You do get the one cool scene with Kid Trunks that leads to the next arc, and that's about it. So a few months later, Goku is training on Beerus's planet, and we receives a distress call from Boma, who lets them know that Future Trunks has arrived from his timeline. However, he's unconscious as he's barely escaped. This leads to Goku, Vegeta, Beerus, and Whis all teleporting back to Earth. And as, as soon as they see Future Trunks, they give him a Sentu Bean because he looks like he's in bad shape. And the moment my man gets up, he sees Goku and just throws the paws at him, bro. Like, like PTSD. Like, for some reason, he's like, yo, Goku, I don't want to see you. And the reason for that is, is because he explains to Goku and Vegeta that in his future, a merciless version of Goku named Goku Black is responsible for the near eradication of all humans in his timeline. Like, just wild how the stuff. How did that even happen? How does that happen? I thought Goku was dead. Well, and, like, I really feel for Trunks because his whole timeline had been, like, like we thought he was good. We thought it was all cool for him. But apparently it wasn't. Be- which for reasons we'll get into um, in a few weeks, but it wasn't so sweet for Trunks the whole time. But in the meantime, in between time, Goku winds up trying, uh, sparring with future Trunks to see how strong he's gotten um, to see how he is able to fare off against Goku black. Goku goes into super Saiyan three, my boy Trunks goes super Saiyan two, and he's able to keep up. With Goku Super Saiyan 3, like to a point to where Goku had to go Super Saiyan God to put him down. Like, is my man Trunks has gotten a few buffs over the years. Let's just say that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, they 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 gave him a little bit too much. Buffs. Uh, but hey, listen, with who he's fighting, it makes perfect sense because a yeah, yeah, few moments that. later, a dark time rift appears, and Goku Black. Basically, imagine Goku with a Patara earring on, with a black gi on, with like the long sleeves, with like like he's like gray, and then the black sleeves are are under, and then he's got like a red belt on, right? Like he looks like Goku, just evil, right? Imagine if you were on Deviant Art in two thousand four and you typed in "evil Goku," this is what would show up. Yeah, that's popping up for sure, for sure. <laughs> that's crazy. So Black, the moment he sees Goku, he's like, ah, yeah, nah, dog. We gotta, you know what I'm saying? We gotta scrap. They get down to it. He pushes Goku to a point where he has to go Super Saiyan 2. They go back and forth. And then eventually the time rift opens back up and he's pulled back into the future. But before he does, he destroys Future Trunks' time machine. 
Goku <laughs> goes off the train while Boma makes a new time machine. But um, along the, along that time, Beerus and we say, "Hey, uh, we got some ideas about this uh, this Goku black guy. So um, why don't we go to Universe Ten to go see up on that?" Along the way, Whis tells Goku that there's this powerful apprentice Supreme Kai named Zamasu in Universe 10, and uh, that might be somewhat linked to this entire situation. So in Universe 10, Goku, Whis, and Beerus all meet with the Supreme Kai of that universe, Gowasu, and his apprentice, Zamasu. Goku introduces himself to him and asks for a fight, but... Beerus stops him, and Beerus immediately says, hey, actually, there's a reason we're here. Uh, there's this guy, Goku Black, in the future. It's pretty wild, but, like, it's some really interesting stuff going on. He says he wants to kill all the, the you know, the humanoids in the entire universe. Wild stuff, right? Goku then gets antsy again and says, yo, hey, listen, actually, like, can we please just train for a little bit? So Goku fights against Zamasu, for a little bit and it gets to a point to where his key sorts of gets pushed and they start to notice Zamasu's key is somewhat similar to Goku's blacks right so Goku shows he's stronger than Zamasu and that gets Beerus and we to say oh yo we should probably dip Goku like he always does say hey man we should fight again one day and Zamasu's just kind of left like the humanoid beat me in a fight. Yeah, this, 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 this. Why are y'all thing? so strong? I'm not Why? really with that, dude. Who, who gave y'all the right to even be this? So, along the way, we basically break down a future trunks after they get back to Earth. Listen, man, look. They have very similar key, but it's kind of different. Goku and Vegeta tell... Trunks, yo, we should probably train so that way, you know, we can get ready for this Goku Black guy because there's no telling when, you know, he's going to mess up your timeline. So if shit goes wrong, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go with you to your timeline to go give them the old what's what, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's all they could do. <laughs> while they wait for the, uh, while they wait for Bulma to recreate the time machine, uh, Goku goes back to Zeno's palace, the god of all gods, and he tells Goku, like, hey, uh, man, you know, I would love to have a friend to stay here and play with, you know, because you're, like, pretty cool. You're really childlike, just like me. And Goku's like, oh, man, look, that's really cool. I wish I could play with you, but I got stuff to do, so I'll tell you what, Doc. Next time I come back here, I'll bring you somebody to play with. Zeno goes, cool, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you this little button. You can summon me. And <laughs> anytime you want to, you know, you want to play or just chill, take this button and use it. I promise you, we'll, we'll have a good time. Goku's like, all right, bet. I, I'll, I'll fight with you, Doc. And he leaves. He dips, which is crazy to me. It's just one at the neck of a button. You got the, the strongest deity slash creature on the whole damn planet. The god of all gods, man. And you just got them at their fingertips. Like, hey, just, just one button. That's ridiculous. So, Goku, after he's done all that, he gets back to Earth. Vegeta and Trunks, they're done training, and they go back to the future. And go, 
Goku runs into some trouble because everybody in the future sees Goku and they're like, hey, yo, who's that? Chunks is like, yo, he's not black. Don't shoot. <laughs> make of that what you will. But that, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, they uh, they all make sure that, you know, they know not to, to shoot Goku. Goku Black himself shows back up and reveals that he has a Super Saiyan Rose form, which is essentially Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan just with pink hair. So Super Saiyan Rose, Super Saiyan Pink, whatever, right? Yeah. Basically, they get down to scuffing and Goku Black show, launches a Black Kamehameha, like trying to kill Goku and just like is about to destroy everything. So Zamasu shows up and stops Goku Black from launching his Black Kamehameha. And we realize that this isn't Zamasu from Goku's timeline. This is the Zamasu from Trunks' future. And he explains that he has a plan to eliminate all the mortals. And that Goku Black and he are in on this same plan, right? So they start to double team against Goku. Future Trunks steps in. They get to a point to where they're just testing each other's powers, man. Like they're just they're just fighting neck and neck. And Zamasu is immortal. He can't be beaten. Goku <laughs> is getting smacked around. Like Goku Black is getting stronger every time he gets hit. Man, I'm telling you, it's it is just so bad, bro. It is all of it is just it's looking really, really terrible for our man Goku, yeah, right? This, this is a this is a beatdown. We not talking about the average beatdown. This is a beatdown that even Goku might have to check himself after a minute. I don't know how much Zenkai boost you could get off of this beatdown, cause uh yeah, he was getting his shit pushed. Meanwhile, in Goku's timeline, we find out that the Supreme Kai has basically surmised that Zamasu in his timeline was going to make a wish to take Goku's body and then a year later with the Super Dragon Balls and then a year later he would uh, wish himself to be immortal and then go about this whole plan. So Blase Blase, uh, Beerus and Whis go to Universe 10 and Goku's timeline and Beerus just uh uh is like yo like I'm not so sure if we should do this because it might fuck with the timelines. Zamasu straight up kills Goasu because he's about to go on with this plan and they're like wait okay never mind he was gonna be evil yeah. anyway. Yeah. Beerus commits deicide destroys Zamasu and is like all right cool everything should be good in Trunks' timeline. They go back to Trunks' timeline. No, nah, it hasn't affected it, it at all because apparently they didn't learn in Dragon Ball Z uh, that doing something in one timeline doesn't affect the other timeline at all. And near God, they're supposed to know about this. They're supposed to know this. Uh, but be that as it may, they get back to the future and Goku Black reveals that he was a Masu. Uh, after having stolen Goku's body, he explains how he killed Chi-Chi and Goten, which sends Goku into a huge rage and just, he winds up molly whopping Goku Black, but the problem is that this man, Goku Black, can get infinite Zenkai boosts. Yeah. So <laughs> he winds up getting pieced up on, and then they go back to the the present to try to figure out a plan, because 
uh, this man Goku back, Black is just giving him the business, right? Yeah. While in the present, Goku goes to learn the Vafuba from Master Roshi. Let's go. <laughs> which I thought was just so dope. It's like, yo, listen, uh, we just gotta seal niggas up at this point. Like, we can't... It's that it's that bad. We can't cook so badly. We gotta resort to something that happened, what, 30, 40 years ago? Yes. <laughs> Why not? So they get back to the future after Goku's learned uh, the the Mafuba. Um, however, this guy. this leads to the huge battle where Vegeta really like shows up and shows up out against Goku Black. Like he's really giving him all he can. Yeah, but like <laughs> hell. What can you do? They're he's immortal hacked. and they're gods. He's hacked, man. Like he's hacked. He should be illegal. Like he's a, if he ever played Pokemon, like bro, he would never make it. He would never be. He would never be eligible. He's, he had no business being in this fight by all means. I mean, hacked. bro, like it, it, they they go super ham against him to a point to where. Goku Black does start to take some damage, and Zamatu tried to take start to take some damage as well. Where Black and Zamatsu then combine using the Potara earrings on their ears to form fuse Zamasu. Um they're just completely screwed at this point because yeah. <laughs> this leads to like Goku Black uh and Zamasu like combined creating this time rift that sends a bunch of clones out. They they wind up <sighs> just like just taking goku and vegeta and trucks down like it's it is just the most one-sided battle you've ever seen up until a point where goku starts to use super saiyan blue kaioken and just comes back with that work against fuse zamasu himself at this point goku suggests that he and vegeta should fuse into vegeto where they then use the um the Pataras of the, the Supreme Kai in order to fuse um, with a Patara fusion. However, we're now told that since they aren't Supreme Kais, their Patara fusion will only use for an, uh, last for an hour. So Vegeta and Goku fuse into Vegito, who have a climactic battle against Fuse Zamasu in his Super Saiyan Blue form. This leads to Zamasu's body completely just mutating and he becomes like really large and grotesque. Vegito is about to launch a final Kamehameha and the fusion ends because of the amount of power that they've uh, used in their fusion. This leads to Trunks then gaining the immediate ability to summon the spirit bomb and his sword and (laughs) uses the sword of hope uh, with the absorbed energy of Goku, Vegeta, and all the remaining humans on Earth to cut Fusamasu in half. Everybody starts to celebrate until the air starts to become infinite Zamasu, and Zamasu has now merged with the entire universe within Trunks' timeline. Goku starts to look for a Sentubin in order to try to fight one more time. However, he finds the button that Zeno gave him. This leads him to pressing it, summoning the Zeno from the future. Zeno, upset by the entire state of the world that he sees, decides to erase that entire timeline. While Goku, the Supreme Kai, and Kawasu teleport away um, with Vegeta and Trunks all sent back to the past where they came from. 
This leads to Trunks and Mai then being sent in the time machine to a different future where they will live alongside another future Trunks and future Mai. Um, again, this isn't for me to explain. This is just for me to yeah. tell the history just, of. And just throwing it that's out. what happens. It sounds as crazy as it is. Yes, it's it's something. <laughs> Nonetheless. Sometime along the way, Goku decides to put an assassination hit on him by hit. <laughs> and uh, Goku gets murdered, but then comes right back due to a blast that he threw at himself. It's all very silly. Goku decided to do it just for training himself. And then Peace returns back for about a good three months before Goku decides, hey, you know, um, that guy Zeno, I seem to remember him saying that we could throw another tournament. So Goku goes to Beerus' planet where um, Vegeta is training with Beerus and Whis. And he asks uh, Whis if he should go talk to Zeno about that tournament. He gets scolded by Beerus saying, hey, yo, uh, nah, listen, bro. Listen, dog. I will straight up destroy you myself if you do this, bro. Like, this will be a problem that you're going to put everybody's lives to safe. Goku kind of just, like, tricks Beerus and presses the button. And they wind up being sent out to Zeno's palace. Where we have not only Zeno, but also a future Zeno sitting side by side. Goku asks, hey, uh, do you remember that tournament that you promised? And Future Zeno gets excited by the notion, and they decide that they will host a tournament, which the Grand Priests will fill everyone in on the details of uh, with this tournament of power later on. A few days pass, and Goku gets called by Grand Minister, where they then have an exhibition match between uh, three fighters of Universe 7 and Three fighters from universe nine. Goku asks Vegeta, but Vegeta refuses. He decides that Goten and Trunks are too weak, so he goes to get Gohan. Gohan's a little hesitant, but Goku tells him what's at uh, what stakes are at play, and Gohan then agrees to join him. Then Goku, looking for the next best fighter, decides to get Majin Buu, and the three of them go off to face off against the trio de dangers from universe nine, Bergamo. Lavender and Basil, who are all um, wolf-like beings. They get into an exhibition match where it's a very, very close uh, fight, and they're able to defeat Universe 9. Goku is then challenged by Topo of Universe 11, where Goku's pushed to the brink in a short exhibition match. Uh, Goku goes full power before the Grand Minister then ends the match and they part ways. Before Topo reveals that there is a being in Universe 11 who is stronger even than himself. Goku goes back to Earth and forms a team for Universe 7, including Goku, Vegeta, who is coasted into the team by having Whis help Bulma give birth to Bra, Piccolo, Gohan, Krillin, Android 18, Android 17, Tien, Master Roshi, and lastly, Frieza, who's been brought back for a single day by fortune teller Baba from Earth's Hell. Team Universe 7 is then sent to the realm of the Void, where they begin the tournament 
which includes several universes, each with 10 members representing them. When any of these teams are eliminated from the entire Tournament of Power, their universe is erased from existence by Zeno. This leads to a series of various battles with Team Universe 7 facing off against members of Team Universe 9 before their race from existence. Goku then winds up facing off against a couple of Saiyans from Universe 6 by the names of Kefla and Khalifla, who are able to go Super Saiyan 2 very quickly to a point to where Goku even mentions that Khalifla may be able to learn Super Saiyan 3 in this fight. She becomes interested in learning other forms as she sees Goku transform into Super Saiyan Blue. However, this causes her partner in battle, Kale, to reach a legendary Super Saiyan form, which sends her into a mighty rage. This causes her to go even with Goku for a period of time until she is approached by Jiren, the strongest member of Universe 11, and is knocked away almost immediately. Goku becomes enamored by Jiren's strength and keeps an eye on Jiren throughout the battle as he faces off against other members of the Tournament of Power. This leads to Goku and Hit working together to face off against other members of Universe 11 before then Goku faces off against Jiren for the first time by himself. Goku escalates in power going through Super Saiyans 1 and 2 and 3, then in God, and then in Blue to attempt to have a stalemate with Jiren. However, Jiren presses him back each and every time. This causes Goku to use Kaioken times 20 while in Super Saiyan Blue. However, he's still held off with ease. With no other choice, Goku decides to use a spirit bomb used from the powers of every member except for Vegeta in the entire team. Goku uses times 20 Kaioken while in Super Saiyan Blue to push the spirit bomb towards Jiren. However, Jiren pushes it back with great ease, causing it to collide with Goku, leading everyone in the tournament to believe that he's been knocked out. Goku then awakens, having reached a new echelon of power known to the gods as Ultra Instinct. This causes Goku to re- be able to react um, almost immediately in a defensive state as he faces off against Topo and Jiren, basically one on two in an even state. The power then begins to dissipate, and Goku then reverts back to his base form and realizes he can't keep on fighting against Jiren. Eventually, he fights against Khalifa and Kale once more as they push Goku to sort of increase his power in his Super Saiyan state as he fights along with them. Eventually, while Goku faces off against Kale and Khalifa, he is pushed to a point to where he uses Super Saiyan God. This causes them to use the Potara earrings and fuse into a new fighter known as Kefla. Kefla goes into her Super Saiyan 2 form and pushes Goku to a point that causes him to awaken Ultra Instinct once more. They clash in an amazing display of powers where Goku basically slides and dodges along one of Kefla's blasts and advances with an Ultra Instinct Kamehameha, causing her to be eliminated from the tournament. Goku 
then goes on to regain more of his stamina as Goku, Vegeta, Android 17, Gohan, and Frieza face off against other members of the tournament power. D, this was a huge fight all throughout. Like, I want to say, dog, like some of the best fighting moments in Dragon Ball Super all have happened here. I'm sure you'd agree with me by saying even I can't put this all into words. Yeah, it's man, for this is a huge spectacle. Like for what for what the stakes were, this is the first time it felt like Dragon Ball at like this was like, ooh, stakes are high, the danger's there, you know, folks are going de- very desperate. Like, we see some real desperate acts. So yeah, uh, this is this is up there. This might be yeah, this might be the best showing of everybody, including Goku, believe it or For not. For real. I mean, th- some of the best tournament fighting you'll ever see in Dragon Ball. Some of the best fights you'll ever see in general without there being someone's like life on the line, right? Um, but with, I mean, the universes li- are on the line, but you get what I'm saying. No yeah, one yeah. can be t- killed due to the, uh, the tournament rules. That all being said, our... Remaining members of Universe 7 wind up pushing back members of Universe 3 in a huge combined battle to the point to where now Goku and Vegeta are facing off against Jiren and Topo one-on-one. This causes Goku to escalate to the furthest extent of using his Kaioken times 20 with Super Saiyan Blue while Vegeta reaches Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Evolve. They frantically reach to a point to where Topo is then eliminated, causing Goku and Vegeta to team up against Jiren. Android 17 winds up saving them from being eliminated a few times as he winds up putting up a barrier and seemingly um, sacrifices himself to fight against Jiren. However, Jiren survived the blast from Android 17. Goku and Vegeta are pushed to the max to where they can no longer even fight any longer. Vegeta even seemingly uh, pushing himself to the brink with his power and giving Goku the last of his energy to face off against Jiren, where Goku goes back into Ultra Instinct, seemingly even mastering the form to face off against Jiren. The two fight one-on-one for the very few remaining moments of the tournament to where Goku's body can no longer take the power of Ultra Instinct and is suddenly drained of all of his energy left. Frieza shows up to save Goku with Android 17 right alongside him and Frieza doing an act that we never thought we would ever see fights alongside Goku to knock Jiren down with all the power that they have with Goku going into his Super Saiyan form to power up and push Jiren out. This causes Jiren to then be eliminated from the match with Android 17 as the surviving member of Universe 7, giving them the win in the Tournament of Power. With the winner of the Tournament Power getting a wish from the Super Dragon Balls, Android 17 wishes for all their race universes to be brought back with all of their rivals then being brought back to life and Goku vowing to surpass his limits alongside Vegeta one day, hopefully fighting against all of the entrants in the tournament of power again one day. 
I know, like I said, that barely puts it into words, but good God, like <laughs> just an amazing showcase of these two Saiyans here. Yeah. Sometime later, while Goku and Vegeta are on Earth training to become stronger, Frieza comes back to Earth after having been wished back alive with a Saiyan by the name of Broly and his father Paragus. They show up as Frieza uses these Saiyans to challenge against Goku to seek revenge for having been cast out onto planet Vampa before planet Vegeta was destroyed. Broly gives Vegeta and Goku a huge challenge as they face off against Broly in his Super Saiyan form in an icy environment on the Earth. This leads to Goku and Vegeta having to fuse into Gogeta to give Broly the business and almost killing him until Broly is teleported back to Planet Vampa. Goku teleports to Planet Vampa himself to wish Go uh, Broly just uh, happy tidings, telling him, hey, uh, I know it's really dangerous out here on this stranded planet, so let me give you some capsules to survive. You can call me Kakarot if you ever need to train. Holla at your boy. Really short, but really mm -hmm. important in the life of Goku in the sense that now he's got like a play cousin he can train with. He's yeah. not Vegeta. You know what I'm saying? Thankfully. And, he, and it's a tolerable cousin to say the least. A very tolerable cousin. <laughs> yes, yes. He just gets a little pissed every now and again. No big deal, right? He's dealt with Vegeta and we know he ain't got the best of uh, of attitudes here right now. So I'm pretty sure he can handle it. <laughs> Goku and Vegeta then go on another adventure a few months later where a wizard has escaped from the Galactic Patrol's prison. And they're told that this wizard by the name of Moro has the ability to absorb power from planets and may be on his way to New Namek to gather the Dragon Balls. So Goku and Vegeta head to New Namek and they take on Moro, realizing that not only does uh, he have the ability to absorb uh, planets, he can also absorb the life energy from people. And he's beginning to basically threaten the livelihoods of people on uh, New Namek as he searches for the Dragon Balls. The reason that they're on their way here is because they were told by the Galactic Patrol that they would need... Majin Buu, in order to take them with him to New Namek to stop Moro, as Majin Buu has the Grand Supreme Kai still slumbering inside of him. The Galactic Patrol plans to use the Grand Supreme Kai to stop Moro, as the Grand Supreme Kai was the person who sealed him away thousands of years ago. This probably one of my favorite storylines in all of Dragon Ball Super, just as an aside. Yeah. This one goes hard. <laughs> it really does. Like, we just have some brand new type stuff going on. Like, we have a whole new Namek saga where, you know, we've got we've got uh, a villain showing up on Namek sh trying to get the Dragon Balls. He's got his uh, minions going across the planet trying to get them for him. And uh, it, it pushes, you know, have to have Goku and Vegeta show up to sort of save the day. So Goku teleports himself. Uh, Vegeta and the Grand Supreme Kai after he's been manifested out of Majin Buu to Moro's location where they all fight until Moro escapes into space. 
There, Maris, a member of the Galactic Patrol, assists the Grand Supreme Kai and gives them the ability to sort of try to tell, be teleported back to Nunamic, where Goku and Vegeta should be able to fight against him, where Moro then regenerates after stating that the wishes that he wished to have gained from Purunga have now been granted. All the prisoners that were with him in the Galactic Prison have now been set free, and they will now be able to join his side. After Moro frees his prisoners, they gang up on Goku, Vegeta, and the Grand Supreme Kai, when Moro then begins to absorb energy from Vegeta and Goku and leaves from the planet as it's almost on the brink of destruction. Goku decides to teleport using instant transmission away from the planet, while Vegeta decides to go his own separate way to train on his own. During the time that they're gone, Goku hears from Miris, the Galactic Patrolman, that Moro has grown even stronger and that they may not be able to win against Moro. Goku asks if this was true, if Miris was to be fighting seriously, and decides to give Miris a test where he tests Miris's strength and is unable to hit him. This gets to a point to where Goku believes that Miris can help train him in mastering his, his ultra instinct. A few days later, Vegeta lands on Yardrat while Goku travels with Maris to train on another planet that has their own room of spirit in time. Goku tells Maris that he has to um, empty his mind and heart in order to achieve Ultra Instinct, and Maris then reminds Goku that his emotions can help him almost be able to control his Ultra Instinct power. Throughout this time, Goku is told that they're able to use one day in the Room of Spirit and Time that would be equivalent to three days on the outside. So Goku gets disappointed that they would only have three days to train. However, he considers the time that they'll be able to use valuable. Goku trains within the Room of Spirit and Time to where Miris then reveals that he is one of Whis's siblings and is an angel in training. At this point, he almost goes full power while training against Goku, which leads to Whis showing up and taking Miris away with him as Miris is unable to be involved in mortal activity while using the power of an angel. After Miris is taken back, Goku realizes that Moro is close to arriving on Earth and Goku realizes that he's stranded with a galactic patrol ship and isn't able to uh, just immediately get there using the ship. Once Moro arrives on Earth, the Z fighters are all fighting against his um, his soldiers, and Krillin starts to raise his key, which allows Goku to transport using instant transmission. Goku faces off against several of Moro's prisoners in order to save the Z fighters, which leads to then Goku facing off against Moro after Moro had overpowered one of his prisoners to face off against Goku and was not able to contain his power. This leads to a really, really great fight between Moro and Goku in the manga. Goku winds up using an entirely different new version of Ultra Instinct in this. I highly recommend reading this in the manga. I mean, it's, it's extremely back and forth. At one point, Go Moro absorbs 
one of his own soldiers by the name of Seven Three. Um, it leads to Moral sort of having like a cell moment, right? Where he like yeah, he gets yeah. stronger by absorbing other fighters. Goku gives him a sensu bean to try to survive. Like it's it's very reminiscent of the Cell Saga, but they have nice little callback. What, I'm sorry, what were you saying, D? No, I was saying it's a nice little callback to a lot of arcs. Yes, yeah. I can appreciate it. Really is. This leads to even Maris having to step in using his angel key to step in and fight against uh, Moro. However, this leads to Maris beginning to fade away as he was told that he would disappear if he was to fight outside of training as an angel. As he's fading away, he basically gives Goku the <laughs> Android 16's tr- uh, to Gohan speech. Saying like, hey, you know, like fight for everything that you you know want to love and protect. Um, and Moro attempted to at one point sort of absorb power from Maris. However, go uh, ha- had an arm chopped off by Maris's pole uh, in the in the fight because Maris fights with a uh, sort of Nyobo like uh, pole uh, whenever he's yeah. fighting one on one. This reaches to. Goku eventually telling uh, Moro, like, hey, man, like, have you ever, like, considered training? And Moro's like, no, why would I ever do that? Goku's like, dude, like, if you had ever trained, like, I would have loved to fight you. This leads to Goku giving Moro a sensu bean. Moro does the very obvious villainous thing and turns on Goku Goku winds up having to get help from Vegeta using spirit vision, which he's learned on planet Yardrat to try to take all the power that Moro absorbed from other life forms, gives it to Goku. Goku winds up getting a Susano like form, like in Naruto. I'm telling you, like read the manga. It's, it's nuts. Uh, Goku, it gets to a point where he doesn't have any power left. The grand Supreme Kai takes over Majibu again, meets up with Oob, uh, you find out that all the godly key that Majibu has is all in Oob's body. They send that key to Goku. Goku goes into this huge form, breaks this sphere in Moro's head after Moro fuses with the earth and is about to blow up, and Goku saves the day. I'm telling you, that's the best way I could put it to you in a way where I wouldn't be <laughs> directly explaining chapter for chapter what happens. Yeah. Sometime later... Goku and Vegeta go back to train on Beerus's planet, and Goku catches the Oracle Fish um, and is basically told, hey, the strongest fighter in the universe is going to show up one day. As a matter of fact, very soon. Goku and Vegeta ask the fish, who is it? Who is it? And they realize, like, uh, yo, it's not neither one of us. After Goku and Vegeta realize that they're going to have to train more like gods and angels on Beerus's planet in order to become even stronger and for Goku to then refine his ultra instinct, um, there are some, there's some other adventures that are going on through space which lead to Goku and Vegeta having to be sent to the planet Serial. There, they're told that they will have to face off against someone who's been causing uh, just different havoc throughout the universe. And it's a villain 
who they were told by um by Chichi and Bulma is named Granola. Basically, a group named the Heaters, um, who are basically space pirates, had been working with this guy named Granola, who they wanted to have killed so that way they can try to eventually take over Frieza's regime. And they know that the Saiyans are in their way, so they figure two birds, one stone, let's have this guy, Granola, face off against Goku and Vegeta. Well, it just so happens um, this guy Granola just recently made a wish with a pair of Dragon Balls on the planet cereal to be the strongest fighter in the universe. It's crazy. It's a wild wish. Yeah. Extremely wild wish. I know. It comes with its limits. If you read the manga, it'll go into a much deeper explanation. But Eventually, Goku and Vegeta, they wind up facing off against Granola. They find out this guy can use techniques like Hakai, and he's just, like, absolutely pissed. He's like, uh, hey, uh, are you guys Saiyans? Because I, I hate Saiyans. I want revenge on Saiyans. you. I want revenge yeah. on Frieza. Forever sending Saiyans here. Uh, I got hands for all y'all. Yeah, yeah I, I, got, I got hands for all y'all. Y'all deserve to die. Goku gets to a point where he winds up having to use Ultra Instinct in combination with Super Saiyan Blue. Like it's he he winds up going over some feats. Vegeta winds up showing that he's reached a new state of power called Ultra Ego. I mean, like it's it's nuts. These guys wind up fighting against this guy Granola and. They're pushed to the brink. They find out eventually that Granola is the last surviving Cerulean who's out for revenge and that the Heaters had lied to them about his villainy. They realize it's not going to take anything less to convince this guy that they're not his enemies because the Heaters told him, like, yo, these Saiyans, they hate you and they're coming to, to come get you, right? And Granola, you find out basically you had been wanting to save all his strength for fighting against Frieza, but facing off against Goku and Vegeta in the forms that they are, he, he's got no choice but to, to give it his all, right? This leads to a point to where Goku winds up facing off against Granola like all over this planet. Like Granola winds up using some very very unique powers like the man's got damn near a sharingan he can he can shoot off blasts like a sniper with, with his eye it's nuts man yeah, he, it's, <laughs> he's he's moving real crazy with these we're talking about battles the likes of which you you've never seen before in dragon ball z super none of that right it gets to a point to where then a Namekian named Monaito shows up and asks Granola to stop. This gives this distracts Goku and Granola to a point to where he gets a point to knock Granola down to the ground. And Monaito tells Granola that, you know, uh, basically there was a Saiyan that had showed up about 40 years ago that tried to, to save granola and himself in this saying was none other than goku's father bardock bardock 
Goku was like, who are you talking about? Because I was raised by my grandpa Gohan on Earth. But Vegeta overhears it and says, hey, no, Bardock was your dad. And That's your daddy, boy. Goku <laughs> basically says, man, like, I, I wish I knew more about this guy. It's pretty wild because apparently Goku looks just like him. At this point, the heaters then show up um, with one of the members named Gas having also made a wish to the Cerulean Dragon Balls and now having made the wish to be the strongest in the universe himself. Goku and Vegeta are extremely shocked to find out that not only are their Dragon Balls on cereal, but this is also where Granola became so strong. So Gas, having seemingly had his own beef with Granola, decides to take it all out on him and just like beats Granola down to the ground. This leads to Vegeta and uh, Goku having to say like, yo, uh, look, man, we're going to have to take this guy on. And they wind up having to fight up against Gas for a bit too. Gas just goes into an insanely frenzied state and is just like going savage yeah. on Goku and Vegeta and uh, and Granola to a point to where he even notices himself that he that Goku looks just like the fighter that Gas had fought forty years ago, named Bardock himself, right? This leads to a point to where Monaito has to step in. He has to use a little bit of Namekian healing power on Granola to keep him in the fight. Goku's fighting off against Gas's abilities, which are just devilish, dude. Like, I mean, he could summon weapons, all kinds of like, all types of like different crafting abilities to fight against Goku. And Goku just cannot keep up to a point to where he even has to use instant transmission to try to leave <laughs> gas in space and then go back to cereal <laughs> to uh try to hide away right to which gas then flies back off in space to get back to planet cereal and goku realizes he'll be back in about uh 20 minutes Monaito then starts to tell Goku that he has something for him, and he gives Goku Bardock spot, uh, Scouter. This begins to play the stored audio that was in Bardock Scouter, where he was, which was during a time where he saved Monaito and Granola from gas 40 years ago, and he tells them to stay alive, which awakens a deep repressed Goku, uh, a memory of uh, Bardock within Goku, with. Goku being told the same thing from his father and mother before they sent him away from planet Vegeta before his destruction. This recalls for Goku to remember a few more things about his parents, and he comes to realization that he finally understands what Saiyan pride is about. And it's not just having pride in yourself as, as a Saiyan, but it's also having pride in the strength that you need to have to take on any foe. At this point, Gas arrives back on Planet Serial, and Goku and Vegeta go into Ultra Instinct and Ultra Ego and face off against Gas, just going all out. It's one of the best visuals that you'll see in the Dragon Ball Super manga. This leads to a point to where Goku even has to go true Ultra Instinct, where his hair is still black, using all of Ultra Instinct's power, and he just goes all out 
against gas. But Alec, the leader of the the heaters, is just egging gas on, telling him, yo, like you're not using enough strength. This causes gas to go into a really aged form, and he's about to overwhelm Goku, but Granola shows up halfway healed, and they all take on gas together. Goku winds up going back into that giant Susanoo form that he used against Moro in the last arc. And he basically tosses the gas into the <laughs> air, telling him, yo, uh, never come back again. Uh, with Granola basically coming back and saying, like, yo, man, like, I'm going to fire off a blast with these two dudes. They the homies, man. Like, leave us alone. Monaito starts to heal Goku, Granola, and Vegeta all the way back to full strength when Monaito gets blasted through the chest by Gas, who's refusing to give up. Goku and Vegeta transform one more time, but they're easily overpowered by the decaying and slowly aging Gas, who's starting to decay as he's taking damage. Right after this, Vegeta... Vegeta and Goku are shocked as Frieza arrives and kills Gas and Elec with ease. They demand to find out how Frieza was so strong to be able to take on the person who was the strongest in the universe. And Frieza remarks that, oh, the reason he was the strongest in the universe was because I was in another dimension. You see, I found another planet where they have this room where time goes by slower. And he was able to access a new form called Black Frieza. He unveils this new form, goes full power against Vegeta and Goku, who have both gone full true ultra instinct and ultra ego, and Frieza knocks him out with one single punch. Crazy. Whis restores Monaito one more time, they get healed as Black Frieza decides to spare them and take his leave. Goku and Vegeta wish Granola goodbye and say, hey, man, if that was the strongest being in the universe and that was really Frieza, we need to get strong enough to face off against him. And Goku and Vegeta go off to Whis's planet to be able to train against him. Some point during their time training with Whis, they call for Broly to join them on their training on Beerus's planet, and they all train together while other events take place on Earth. And that's the last of Goku and Vegeta's journeys that we've gotten to hear about through Dragon Ball Super up until that point in time. A few years pass, and it's now 10 years after the defeat of Majin Buu. And Goku has trained while the world was at peace. It's the 28th World's Martial Arts coming up, and Goku realizes that, you know what? I have a feeling that a really good opponent is going to show up. He faces off in the tournament, and none other than Majin Buu's reincarnation, who Goku wished for by the name of Oop, a young boy from a village, shows up. Goku asks Oob if he can if he knows about a, a great amount of power that's within him, 
And Oops says that he does notice that he has a, a large amount of power that he just isn't able to access. So Goku offers to take Oob around the world to go train in order to help him be the protector of the planet. Oob agrees and they decide not to fight in the tournament and to then fly off in the distance. Ending the story as we know thus far of Dragon Ball Z. Five years later, <laughs> after the World's Martial Arts Tournament, Goku and Oob are training on top of Kami's lookout. Well, rather, Dende's lookout. Sorry, let me just run that back. It's now five years later after the 28th World's Martial Arts Tournament, and Goku and Oob are training in the hyperbolic time chamber on top of Dende's lookout. Emperor Pilaf... Mai and Shu have all snuck on to Dende's lookout and have found what are known as the Black Star Dragon Balls. Dragon Balls that are made from negative energy and can cause the planet Earth to destroy if a wish is made for them. Emperor Pilaf wishes for Goku to be transformed back into a child, which leads to Boma creating a spaceship where Goku, Trunks, and his granddaughter, Pan, all have to travel out into the universe to gather the Black Star Dragon Balls in order to stop the planet from being destroyed within a year's time. Throughout their adventures, they come across a small android by the name of Giru, who joins them in looking for the Black Star Dragon Balls. They come across various other alien species, such as the Par Par brothers and other various aliens on their journey to gather the Black Star Dragon Ball until they arrive on a deserted planet by the name of N2, where they're caught in a trap by a person by the name of General Rildo. This person, General Rildo, and the Dr. Mew uh, are on this planet along with the last surviving member of the Sephurian race, a machine mutant by the name of Baby. Baby. <laughs> Dr. Mew <laughs> has decided to revive this machine mutant. And as Goku, Trunks, and Pan arrive to Earth with the Black Star Dragon Balls, they find that Baby has infected the population of the Earth with mind-controlling eggs, and he has chosen Vegeta as his new host. Goku goes Super Saiyan 3 to face off against Vegeta while controlled by Baby. However, Goku, while still in a child's form, has his power quickly draining. Baby uses the power of the Revenge Death Ball to finish off Goku. However, the Supreme Kai arrives just as the bomb strikes to save Goku and take him to the land of the Kais. The old Kai hatches a plan to solve Goku's energy problem by regrowing his tail which they are successful in a very painful pr procedure, which allows Goku to then arrive back on the Tuffle planet where all of Earth's residents had migrated to, which is now stationed right outside of the Earth. While Goku goes into Super Saiyan 3 to fight against baby Vegeta again, he's unable to win in this form. As he lies on the ground, defenseless, he gazes at the, as the Earth as he realizes he's failed it. But instead of dying, seeing the glow of the sun's rays on the earth, 
causes Go- Goku to transform into a golden great ape. And with Pan's help, he's able to control himself and turn into a Super Saiyan 4. Baby Vegeta is no match against Super Saiyan 4 Goku. However, in desperation, Bulma, who's also under Baby's control, creates a Blessed Jade Wave Generator, which causes Baby Vegeta to transform into a golden great ape. Although Goku outclasses Baby in terms of speed, he's worn down by Goku's power. This allows Gohan, Goten, and Trunks to be freed from Baby's control by the Supreme Kai by use of the sacred water on Dende's lookout. They channel some of their energy to allow Goku to go into a super full-powered version of Super Saiyan 4, where he defeats Baby Vegeta by launching him into uh, the sun with a powerful Kamehameha wave. Baby escapes Vegeta's body, and they are able to escape from Planet Tuffle, sending Earth back to normal thereafter. A year later, after the defeat of Baby Goku, Goku faces off in the 31st World's Martial Arts Tournament, having to face off in the Junior Division with Mr. Satan stating that there's a requirement for height. In, in the finals, Goku tickles. Goku gets tickled by his opponent while talking to Vegeta, which results in Goku fighting, falling out of the ring. A few days later, Trunks arrives at home badly beaten up, saying that he was encountered by Android 17, who told Goku to go to hell to set things straight. Goku arrives in hell where he meets with Dr. Mew and Dr. Jiro, who have created a clone of Android 17 to go and wreak havoc on the Earth. This causes a portal to hell to open on the Earth while Goku faces off against Cell and Frieza in hell. While stuck into a trap by Cell and Frieza, Piccolo shows up to free Goku from hell, who's just recently died, in order to get to hell to let Goku yes. be freed from there. And, he, and with Dende's help, Go- Piccolo opens a gate to allow Goku to escape from Frieza and Cell. While on Earth, Android 17 and Android 17's clone fuse to form the android super 17 goku transforms into a super saiyan 4 however super 17's ability to absorb energy grows stronger which causes difficulties for goku with the help of android 18 who is vengeful towards android 17 killing krillin goku defeats super 17 with the use of a super dragon fist through the android's stomach and chest a few days later when Shinron is summoned to revive everyone who was killed by Super 17. The Dragon Balls crack, and a different cigar-smoking dragon appears in Shinron's place. This black smoke Shinron promptly splits into seven shadow dragons, each with a cracked Dragon Ball in their body, and Goku and and his companions must face off against each of these shadow dragons to defeat all of them in order to... Save the planet. Goku goes on to face off against Natron, Rage, Haze, Oceanus, Ice, and Nuova dragons in several different struggles until he face off, faces off against the final shadow, shadow dragon, Sin Shinron. He proves to be m- more than a match for Super Saiyan 4 Goku, 
winding up to be the most powerful of all the shadow dragons. This causes Goku to then be given all of the power from his fellow Saiyans to go into super power, super full power Saiyan 4. In this form, Goku is proved to be superior in strength to Sin Shinran. However, the Shadow Dragon absorbs the power of all other Dragon Balls into himself, becoming Omega Shinran. With Goku's full ultra-powered Saiyan 4 abilities, he's unable to keep up with the Shadow Dragon, which causes Vegeta to now join into the fight and be transformed into a Super Saiyan 4 with use of the Bloodsways by Bulma. While they're facing off against Omega Shinron, they realize that they still cannot match Omega Shinron's power, so they decide to fuse into Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. However, the fused warrior still isn't able to finish off the combined strength of the Shadow Dragons as the fusion wears off as they just wasted too much time um, while facing off against Omega Shinron. Goku's power runs out and he reverts back into his base form, where he's presumably almost killed by Omega Shinron's negative powerball. Goku sends the people of the planet Earth, as well as the people of the entire universe, to send all of their power to him with help from King Kai, forming the Super Ultra Spirit Bomb. That spir- the Spirit Bomb is then launched at Omega Shinron and is successful in destroying him. As the people of Earth witness this, they finally realize that Goku is their hero, and the real Shinron appears again, saying that no more wishes will- can be granted for a very long time. After convincing Shinron to grant one last wish, asking that all the people who were killed by Super 17 and the Shadow Dragons being revived, Goku decides to leave with Shinlong, telling Vegeta that the lives of everyone are now in his hands, leaving him as the protector of the Earth. Goku also then visits with Krillin, who was recently revived by the last wish, and the the two of them go off into one last sparring match, which is just a heartwarming battle, a short little spar on Kame Island, as Goku then visits Hell, as he tells Piccolo he's sorry for putting him through nothing but trouble. And Piccolo vows to remember him for as long as he lives. With all of that tied up, Goku then gets on Shinron's back and disappears forever. Until a century later, where Pan's older, watches over this world's martial arts tournament as her great-grandson, Goku Jr., faces off against Vegeta Jr., Goku's spirit comes back to watch us over the fight, and he leaves over on the Nimbus, saying, till we meet again, guys, and flies off in the last time we ever see Goku. Crazy. And that, my friends, is the overall, in total, legacy of Goku. Yep. What a very special, special, iconic story. D, I mean, this is this is somebody I've grown up watching since I was a kid. I know this is the same for you, dog. Like, we could talk forever about this man. But in in closing, what are some words that you would have? Like, what, what are some things that you would say, like, listen, man, at the end of the day, dog, this is all that can be said about the GOAT. 
Man, he is truly generational. He's a once-in-a-lifetime character, often duplicated. You can't even replicate the style that he brings. He's very, <laughs> very unordinary type of individual, for that's for sure. But for the most part, that's what makes him stick out. Like his, his personality, his the way how he interacts, the way he makes his decisions. They come off as foolish but Im- Im- impulsive, but this is who he is, and for the be- it makes the story for the better. Like I, again, he's a great character. He's a good man, as far as, far as I know. He's 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 a. If we had to list all the Shonen pro tags, I'm throwing Goku right up at the tippy top, off the jump. He he got it. He got the ground. I I know even throughout his life there are certain moments that sort of repeat with Goku but I feel like you'd be wrong to say that he has a flat character arc like a lot of believable people believe yeah, you know like Goku isn't the same as he was as a kid all the way throughout like this is someone who knows how to step out of the way and say like yo hey like sometimes this ain't like this ain't my fight to really take on. Like we didn't. If we had gone into every character lesson that Goku learns, this would have been a four-part session about Goku. Yeah. On his own, right? Like we we didn't even really have the. I I would be remiss to say we didn't have the time, but rather we can't. We can't dedicate as much time as we would yeah. like to yeah. to really dig into all of the things that like prove that no, this, this is not just a character who was just a yeah, he's a country bumpkin, but that's his character trait. Like that's, that's who that's he is. This is still someone who grows through the years and is able to say, like, not only do I grow as a fighter, but even as a person, like He's able to grow and say at times when, hey, I need help to take on, yeah. uh, you know, this challenge or, hey, you know, we have to do this all as defenders of Earth. It's not it can't just be, hey, I want to take on the strongest guy all the time. Think about it like this. For somebody like Goku, who loves to fight strong guys, for him to pass up so many opportunities, passed up the cell fight, even though he already knew for a fact that, yeah, he had faith in his son. On top of that, Boo, he outright says it. Like, yo, I could have beat Boo, but it's not, up, it's not up to me. I'm of the dead. It's up for the new generation to handle what they got to do. Think of that. Would you Would you say that would be a, a similar character trait to, to Goku, let's say, in the beginning of Z? Heck no. That man Goku was on all his own. It took Piccolo to convince him, like, hey, like, oh, let's team up. Because, uh... Last time I checked, Roshi and Crow and Flower, like, yo, let's go. Let's go out. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But again, I, I, I don't feel like he's a flat character. I, I think you would be, that's at surface level analysis, to say the least. And I feel like if you listen to both episodes of The Legacy of Goku, uh, you would get the point that we were trying to make. Even the, the fact that, you know, we get so much more growth for him, even through the Granola Survivor Saga. You know, like him learning about his father, 
learning, hey, man, like saying pride isn't just being prideful of being able to knock niggas out. Like (laughs) saying pride is that determination, which even Goku himself said, like, wow, like my dad was even more determined than I was, you know, Um, he's a person who's willing to support his family and friends goals. And is he's he's willing to sacrifice himself to protect them. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) you, you hear it all the time. The Goku's not a good dad. I never have ever heard Goku tell Gohan, uh, okay, but you shouldn't study at all. You shouldn't be a scholar at all. You should only fight. It never happens. Man never forced him to do it. Never happens. He just brought out the potential out of his son. And with that potential being brought out, he realized that, hey, out of everybody that's on this planet, he's the one that can save this mind. And excuse me for thinking that's a that's a that's a that takes a lot of parenting. That, that flat out, look at this: Goku, someone who is prideful himself, loves to battle, loves to fight his own fights. That man realizes, like, yo, the only person that could really do this, and the only person that may believe in this one kid is me. Exactly, and he did it, like. For the most part, his intuition be hidden. <laughs> it be hidden. Yeah, it, it, it might come off as madness, but he has he has some some form of reasoning to the, the to the decisions that he makes. He's and he makes some mistakes, things. and yes, the mistakes be big ones. Be they be huge misses, right? Yeah, they be yeah. Big. He's putting the universe at, at stake and things like that. But let's be real, the simple minded. Hero has always been the same way, but the one thing that has grown is his dedication to the people in his life, his willingness to always befriend others who are strong, not just for the sake of saying like, hey, you know, it helps to have other strong people in my corner, but I know they'll push me to be stronger. Yeah, he pushes himself along with the people he meets and he pushes them too. They reach some of their highest heights because exactly. of him as a whole. That's why nobody can, you can't swap anybody and put him in Goku's role because Goku connects the whole goddamn story, the characters, everything. No Goku, no, no DB plot. <laughs> you can't, no matter what, for every reason, for every logical thing, he's done for every mistake he's done it affects the characters and their their growth and their motivations not everybody and, can do what goku does let's be real let's be real and and the whole bad father come on there's worse fathers in this whole much world. worse much worse and he's not even like no i've never got the idea i i understand that was like a running gag back then but this is the man Come who had complete faith in Gohan. And we're going to get into it in Gohan's episode because I really I really would love for us to dig into the truth about the fact of, of how, like, no, like, it wasn't that he bullied Gohan in doing that fight. He trusted in Gohan's ability. Um, but, no, Goku was not wrong to do so. If anything, uh, Gohan straight up tells Goku while in the time mm. chamber, Yo, you're too soft. 
Mr. Piccolo always trained me tougher than this because he knows I need to be trained at a, a level tougher than what you're willing to bring to me. Goku is a good father because he loves his son that much. He loves his son. He died for his son twice. The man thought he this man was acting like Jesus out of here. He died for his son not once, but twice. Twice. I'm saying off the bat. I'm saying. My man, like, not only is he selfless in that regard, like he knows what it takes to to make the planet a better place. No matter how much foolish choices he has done. He was willing to do. He's willing. He, he at least he owned up to his mistakes. And he, at least he tries to salvage them with great solutions not many can say that in this whole series i'm being very honest with you and it doesn't come off as forced either like for the most part it it just blends out well with the character but the whole y'all y'all guys lost me with the bad father blah 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 people took the whole oh he's a self he's selfish quote from toriyama and even the one or two actions he's done. They, I think you guys took it a little bit too far. But again, this this is a series that hasn't really look, been looked at in a critical lens like that until recently, in my honest opinion. I have to agree. So I get it. So I get it. But to understand Goku is to understand the story of Dragon Ball. If you don't understand Goku, in my firm belief, you will not understand this story, no matter what you may say, no matter how many times you read it, no. You need to know the ins and outs of this main character because without that, you ain't going to know what the heck going on. You don't know the motives for these characters. You don't know what you might not, you know, you might going to flat out not understand. As simple as Dragon Ball is to understand, you have to know Goku before you know anything. To know so, Goku is to know Dragon Ball, for real. Yeah. And, and honestly, that that's why we're here. So make sure y'all really know my man's because there there's a lot of misconceptions. We're here to make sure they're not running to the ground and we can solve all that, man. Because it's it's been long enough, yo, bad father, bad father. That's oh, not the case. Please. Not even close. Man, bad father, amazing. I wonder what you guys think of other. Uh, heroes in this series and how they are towards their children. We'll get into that. We'll get into one incident in the next episode. But digress. <laughs> but yeah, man. All in all, we've been really happy to be able to break down everything for Goku in these past couple of episodes. He he has a very long and detailed life, but. Uh, worth the breakdown and worth these past couple of hours to go into all of this. I hope you all have enjoyed yourselves. Uh, we will be back next week with the story of Goten and Trunks uh, because, you know, where you ha- tell one story, you can't really go without telling the other. So uh, we will be telling the lives of Goten and Trunks in one complete history themselves. But until then, like always, man, subs lie, dubs lie, we don't. We out of here, man. We out of here, man. Peace.